episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am joined by producer Corey today. Once again, we are brought to you by the best in the biz. We are brought to you by Props.Cash. You know those red and green charts. You know those graphs. You know all of those hit rate data and who's turning the ball over. I just want to see those green charts and say, like, this guy cannot handle the ball not a great ball handler turns the ball over all the time and you know who where you can find that props.cash and look if you sign up with promo code delera 25 you get 25 percent off your first month to look at all these charts which is an absolute staple in my betting experience every each and every day of the nba season so sign up for props.cash they are a great tool if you're looking to bet on player props, even if you're betting or trying to do some fantasy stuff, some DFS stuff. It's a really great tool that is instrumental for your process. Um, so with that, producer Corey, uh, we always start this episode. We always are talking like right when we first saw hit off about how bad our New York football giants are. But like, is this a blessing in disguise? Obviously, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, but. Are we just going to tank maybe for the number one pick now? Like, and I say tank like loosely because I don't think that there's anything that we could do to improve the scenario. I went golfing on Sunday. What happened? Oh, you're much better off. Daniel Jones, like, I guess he tore his ACL. So I think he's going to be out for the rest of the season. I oh, think were- yeah. Wow. I hope we didn't <laughs> overpay for him. Did we overpay for him? I would be a shame if we did. <laughs> I think we I think we might have. Seems like that could have been avoidable. So just a disaster scenario for, for us Giants fans, obviously, here. But I What's mean What's the point of even tanking? What are we gonna do with the number one pick? It's so bad. I guess we'll take we would take Caleb Williams. Um he's kind of awesome at USC. And that would do what? Maybe, maybe. Is that the crybaby? Yes, he's the one that was just crying. So now it's like perfect. We're gonna put nah, you get in him the out New of here. Media. Uh-uh. That's gonna go well. No, <laughs> absolutely not. He's also gonna get smacked because we have no offensive line. He's gonna be crying every game. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm really not looking forward to this scenario here. Uh, this is. It's a rough one out there for for us New York Football Giants fans. But I will say that it's slightly better for us Devils fans um, lately. What do you think, Corey? Mm. I'm feeling good. We're having a good game in Colorado right now. Very exciting stuff. All right. Yeah. Road game, baby. I mean, we are recording right now. So uh, we're recording during the Devils game. But producer Corey is, I think he's in his sweater right now. He's got the Devs colors on, it looks like. Of course I am. So he's an avid. You think I'm putting the heat on before winter? I mean, before Thanksgiving? Come on. (laughs) No chance. I love a cold house. I don't know about Mm -mm. you guys, but I fucking love a cold house. Like I, if I could have it, like if you like a hot house, you're a fucking weirdo. Move to Florida and lose my number. Dude, whenever I'm in like a house, especially it happens always around like this time of the year um, because it's it winds up being like warmer still during the afternoon. And then the house just gets warm. Like my job the other day, I think my office, the thermostat said like 85 degrees and I just left. I was like, I can't be here. Like it just had to go. Yeah, I was. I threatened to. It was at seventy three, and I threatened to. I said, if it hit seventy five, I'm going. Seventy five, dude. I, I wish it was seventy five. Seventy five would have felt like a vacation. It was brutal. Eighty three is. Uh, I. That's borderline. Dude, know, I wanted to torture. throw up. I literally wanted to throw up. It was bad. It was yeah. bad. You can call that enhanced interrogation method number three. It was three. bad. It was bad. 
crank the heat up. There to was like nothing I could do either. I was like, this is just this is a nightmare scenario, nightmare fuel. But look, it, it just it is what it is. And you know, as it's as it's kind of heating up, but also cooling down, the NBA season is heating up. And the NBA has been awesome right now. I think there's been a ton of parity. Um, and there's been a lot of balance in the league outside of, you know, obviously like some of the better teams you have. Boston, Denver, um, Philadelphia has been really good. And so is Dallas, actually. Dallas is 6-1. and one. And then you have teams like the Memphis Grizzlies are a surprising 1-6 in six, uh, for the worst record in the NBA right now. They just secured their first win the other night against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I want to touch on this. I, I felt bad. Um, most, I mean, I'm assuming pretty much all of you really follow me on Twitter, but I felt bad because I hit that fucking crazy parlay. I honestly was trying to log it in the action app and I couldn't do it because I bet it in the parking lot of the gym. Um, and when I bet it, I think I bet it like two minutes before the Mavs game tipped off because it was like an earlier tip and I just missed it. Like I couldn't get it in for you guys. I'm sorry about that. So um, it was it was a it was a wild ride. Luke Kennard hit that fourth three, and like we just had no business. I mean, the fact that Lamelo made all five of his threes in the fourth quarter was just insane. Like that's just like the I thought it was dead. Like I I saw that Lamelo had like eight points in the third quarter, and I was like, well, this parlay is dead. And then all of a sudden, I checked again because I what was it? It was on Sunday. Like I was kind of like doing stuff. I was eating like you know making dinner like whatever. And I was like, oh my god, wait, like this is alive. <laughs> so I felt bad. I did a giveaway. Um, so we will try to do that. We're getting close to twenty thousand Twitter followers though. So maybe when we do that, maybe when we hit that, we'll do another giveaway of some sort because that's kind of a. That's kind of a cool threshold, I would say. Um, so I do appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Uh, Producer Corey, obviously, number one follower, though. Um, but we, as we look at the season right now, a couple of things that have really stood out to me um, so far, and what I wanted to touch on before kind of getting into my best bets. So I'll actually, I'll give a couple. So that way, if you know, if you guys are like crunched for time, you need to put those bets in now, you can kind of get those in. Um, and then, you know, obviously listen to me wax poetically over the next uh, however many minutes. I don't know about you, uh, and we'll touch on this after, but uh, let me just say this anyway. So I'm on Drew Holiday over four and a half rebounds. Drew Holiday under six and a half assists. James, Hart- James Harden over six and a half assists. Kyrie Irving over six and a half assists. A lot of the same number here. Jesus Christ. Jonas Valanciunas over eight and a half rebounds. Jeremy Sohan over one and a half turnovers. Um, And I think I have another play here that I'm looking at and I'm debating it as we're kind of talking here right now. Um, But I am looking at, uh, I'm looking at Victor Wembanyama's Victor Wembanyama's under on his points prop. I think it's at 20 and a half. I need to do a little bit of line shopping on that. Um, But it's definitely a spot that I'm looking at against the New York Knicks uh, who We'll touch on that game in a little bit. Um, but producer Corey, when you listen to podcasts, I listen to podcasts at 1.75 or 1.8 speed. Generally, I don't know. Like, do you, what do you listen to it at? Psycho. 
you listen to it at regular speed? fucking speed. I don't listen to turtles, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I must be like a sicko. I listen to so many podcasts at like one one point seven five. You just listen. It just must sound like chipmunks in your ear all well, day. I think I got used. I just can consume so much more information then. But it reminds me of like when we were studying for the bar. You probably don't retain more than fucking 10%, you asshole. Well, it's great because I get to listen to it when I'm driving. So I get to listen to like two podcasts on the way to work instead of one. Quality over quantity, Jim. I know, I know. But I'm just trying to get as much quality as possible. Obviously, you should, guys should listen to this podcast at like 0.5 speed. Um, so that way you can listen to us longer. Yeah, I wouldn't want to miss any of this. <laughs> I wouldn't want to miss any of this. Just in case you guys either sped it up or you slowed it down. That's going to sound really fucking funny. And if you really listen to it at regular speed, you're going to be like, what the fuck's going on here? But... um no, I always listen to it faster. Um, so I guess that makes me a sicko. I thought that was normal behavior, but apparently it's very much not normal behavior. Um, but one of the things about that is like, I, that's a shortcut to me, right? And like Corey said, maybe you don't retain as much, but I like to think of the fact that I can listen to more. So then I have like a little bit more information like in my brain, even if I retain maybe a little bit, a couple percentage points less, I got to listen to more then maybe it kind of evens out or, you know, at least I can say that I've listened to as much. Right. Um, the one thing about like that, it's like, it's a shortcut. And when we're looking at these MBA numbers, I think that there is some level of shortcut that we can take too. And I think that at this stage in the season, it's still, what's interesting is actually we're 10% done with the season, right? A lot of these teams have played eight games. We're that's 10% of the season. The regular season is 82 games. So it's kind of crazy to think about because when I look at a lot of this data, I'm oftentimes saying like, we don't have a, it's, it's been a small sample size. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen too much, et cetera, et cetera. But, and I, and I see that a lot on social media, like even, you know, like when I'm looking at people's caps or when I'm hearing people say something, it's like, Oh, small sample size. And I, and I think that there's something to be said about like the fact that number one, like I said, it's 10% of the season's over. Um, and then also trying to figure out like, well, what is, a significant sample size. Like how can we find relevant data in the points that we're looking at? Right. So like if you go on MBA advanced stats and you look at the stats, some of those numbers are like really skewed because they don't take into consideration like garbage time. They don't take into consideration strength of schedule. And you see some things where it's like, holy shit, like that number is mind melting. Um, But then if you go and use some other tools, it's like, oh, all right, like maybe this team isn't, isn't as bad or like maybe the scenario isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So like one of the, like a couple of those tools that I like to use are I like to use cleaning the glass and I like to use dunks and threes. Dunks and threes is a free website. Um, You can pay a couple dollars uh, for some access to some of their like more advanced stats, but I like dunks and threes. And I've talked about this before. I like dunks and threes because they have schedule adjusted a, like schedule adjusted net ratings for offensive rating, defensive rating, et cetera. And then I like their pace statistics because the pace statistics have stuff for offensive and defensive possession length. When you look for cleaning the glass, um, you are getting stuff with garbage time oftentimes like factored out. So, you know, like in blowouts or something like that, they stop counting some of the, they start 
taking some of those possessions at the end of quarters that, you know, could end up in a heave or something like that. And it kind of can skew the data. So the reason I say this, and I think that it's relevant is I'm just going to, I want to do a little bit of comparing of the two of those for you just right now, just briefly, uh, just kind of give you a picture for like what I'm talking about. So right now on dunks and threes, you have the Boston Celtics or let's, I'm going to read you the top couple teams, right? So the Boston Celtics are number one in adjusted net, followed by the Denver Nuggets, the 76ers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers. On cleaning the glass, you have a different top five, and it's in a different order. Uh, You have Boston, Philadelphia, Denver. So those three teams are the same, but in different order. Then you have the Clippers, and then you have Minnesota. The Clippers on dunks and threes are all the way down in 12th. So the difference between these two is that dunks and threes factors in some schedule adjusted ratings while cleaning the glass takes out garbage time. So Boston on you know, dunks and threes, a plus 8.7 net um, on cleaning the glass or plus 16.5. So I'm not saying that one is necessarily wrong or the other one is right, but you really do need to use a variety of different tools like when you're capping these. So like if you just go on a website and just say like, all right, well, like this team is you know, uh, like the Clippers, for example, are fourth in point differential on the season uh, outside of garbage time. It's like, yeah, like they are. They're plus 8.5. But if you look at their schedule adjusted net, there are only plus 1.5 on dunks and threes based on the formula that they use that factors in strength of schedule. And they've actually played one of the lightest schedules so far this season outside of really like the New York Knicks uh, who beat them kind of handily the other night after a 14 point out, like 14 point out scoring in the fourth quarter. Um, so, so I say all of this because there's so many different tools. There's so many different things that you can look at to determine like which teams are good. And I think that if you kind of can compare the two and say like, all right, well, like Boston's number one in both. The, the number is different, but they're still number one in both. Denver, Philly are two and three different order, but they're both excellent teams, right? Um, then if you look at Minnesota, Minnesota's right there for both of them as well. Uh, and then like you can see it's like, all right, like there's a little bit of noise here, maybe with LA where they're fourth in point differential, but they're 12th in adjusted net. Is there a reason for that team to think that maybe this team is going to regress a bit? Um, and I think that that's like incredibly important. That also goes to a team like Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee is 22nd in point differential. They're minus 5.6 despite being four and two because they've gotten some of those really bad losses or they kind of gotten blown out. In terms of adjusted net rating, Dunks and Threes has them in sixth. Uh, they have the sixth best adjusted offense, about middle range uh, adjusted defense at 112. Whereas when you look at cleaning the glass, the numbers are starkly different. And you have Milwaukee at an offense of 113.6, and then the defense is at 119.2. Um, so they've been terrible against the spread. Uh, they have gotten their doors blown off in a couple games, and that's really kind of skewed some of these numbers while they've won closer games, but then lost in like kind of uh, lost in like bit with bigger spreads or they've lost games uh, much more significantly with a wider margin of victory for the other team. So those are a couple things that if you can start comparing these and you say like, all right, well, like what's different about these? Is there a reason that one is here and one is there? I think that that's going to set you up to be in a much better position to 
kind of succeed in these betting, like embedding, um, especially like when you're looking at some of these games on, you know, like even tomorrow's slate, like on this Wednesday NBA slate. So for example, you have uh, a situation where the Clippers are playing the Nets and the Clippers are 12th in adjusted net. The Nets are 18th in adjusted net. The Nets are at home, our home dog at plus four and a half. The Nets have been without a couple of different players, but I think that given their personnel, they actually kind of match up decently well with Los Angeles because um, LA, they have Zubac at the center position. But outside of that, now that we know that Plumlee just got hurt, he's going to be missing a couple like a bit of time. Um, Zubac's numbers should, in theory, be good because he's playing without Plumlee. But LA might just elect to play a bit smaller, especially in this matchup against Brooklyn, who is going to be without Nick Claxton. They might be running a lot of Ben Simmons at the five. Um And when you look at the comparison between them on dunks and threes versus like cleaning the glass, uh, LA certainly looks, this game looks a lot more competitive on one versus the other. Um, So those are just a couple of the things and a couple of the tools that I try to use when determining like, all right, like just how good is this team or, you know, like how good has this team been? Um, One spot that I'm looking at is New York tomorrow. Uh, Obviously, you guys know I'm a Knicks fan, and the Knicks are hosting the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Part of why I like New York here is Tibbs has done very well at getting his teams to win the games that they're supposed to win. Um, Tibbs teams usually like they win, they cover, they handle and take care of business against the bad teams, and a lot of times they struggle against the better teams. Um, San Antonio is not a good basketball team. Um, they have Victor, they have some flashes, obviously, where, you know, when they actually play Trey Jones at the point guard position that they're much better, but overall you're not seeing, you're not seeing a ton of that. Um, one of the props that I mentioned before that I like is I like Jeremy Sohan to go under his, uh, or to go over his turnover line. Um, the reason I like that is that Sohan, the Sohan experiment just is continuing to be a thing. They want Sohan to run point. Um, Sohan has turned the ball over over one and a half times in 71% of games this season. So that's five of seven games, and he's averaging 2.1 turnovers per game. Um, I like this spot. I don't think that he's going to need a ton of... uh, he doesn't necessarily need a ton of minutes, but he has played uh, he's with a pretty consistent floor between basically 20 and 30 minutes per game. Um, part of why I like this is that the Knicks guard play is pretty strong. Obviously, Jalen Brunson, not the best defender, but he can be physical. But, you know, you could throw a little bit of Quentin Grimes. Uh, you could throw a little bit of Emmanuel quickly onto a guy like Sohan, and that can certainly make this scenario much more difficult. Um, additionally, when we look at this game, this is a spot where the Knicks are. This, it's it's a it's a big opportunity for a lot of these guys to play at Madison Square Garden. Like, I I think that they need to renovate the Garden. A lot of players still really like to play at the Garden, and I think that that's all extremely relevant um, when you're talking about you know these games where these players are like you know if they have, they have any type of nerves or anything like that. And obviously, Soan's a pro. He's been in the league for a bit. Uh, but still like the lights are pretty bright in New York and that can be, that can be daunting for some of these players. Um, the one concern obviously here is that the Knicks play at a relatively slow pace. However, San Antonio plays at one of the fastest paces in the league and they've generally been able to 
speed up other teams simply because of the fact that they're not very good. So you're getting a lot of opportunities in transition, which is something that the Knicks uh, have generally liked to do uh, when, when they do have the opportunity to do so to get out and run. Um, the other play that I mentioned that I was looking at was I was looking at Victor Wambanyama. I want to talk about his turnovers prop though, because remember how we were crushing the turnover prop earlier in the season. And then all of a sudden we stopped and we actually stopped at the perfect time because to start the season, Victor had five, four, five, five turnovers. We stopped betting after the last five. We bet him four games in a row. We stopped betting it. Um, and I didn't go into too much of like why I was stopping betting it. But what happened was uh, then the next three games, he's had two, two and two. The line has moved down all the way from four and a half turnovers per game, four and a half turnovers. We're down now to two and a half turnovers. Part of why I made the switch and part of what I was thinking was I didn't want to bet it right away um, because I wasn't sure like how sticky it was going to be. But they started using they started using Wemby in like a slightly different fashion. They started using Wemby as uh, and giving him the ball a little bit more, like a little bit deeper in the post, rather than having him like on the top of the key, um, and you know trying to create his own shot, trying to trying to do his own thing. Um, he's taken his three point volume has been con- more cons- has been about the same to be honest uh he's just been consistently making two basically per game um the other thing is he's taking the shots that he's taking are a little bit closer to the rim so the proportion of shots has been changing a little bit more to um has been changing a little bit more towards two point shot as opposed to the three. And what we're seeing is that by getting the ball a little bit lower in the post, he's not having to create for himself as much, which is taking away some of those turnover, turnover opportunities or opportunities for him to turn the ball over rather. So that's one of the things that I like about this spot. Um, but I, what I do say about Wemby is that, his prop line here for his points, I think is a bit too high. It's at 20 and a half. Those are games. He's exceeded that in just two games this season. He's got a 21 against Houston. And obviously that 38 point eruption against the uh, Phoenix suns. The reason I don't like this spot for him is that Mitchell Robinson is probably one of the tougher matchups. I think that he can kind of run into Mitch is a pretty athletic center. Um, He's got a ton of length. He's got a ton of size. He can block shots. You know, he can kind of play with you in a variety of different coverages. Um, the other thing is, though, they were asking Mitchell Robinson about defending Wemby after their last game. And that's one of those things where I think that Mitch, Mitch is like, has a pretty good amount of pride, right? And I think he's really, he's been an excellent defensive center. Uh, one of the better defensive centers in the league. Definitely one of the better defensive centers the Knicks have had in a bit. And I think he takes it personally. He takes it seriously. And when he's hearing questions about defending Victor Wembanyama days in advance before this game, saying, like, are you going to be able to do this? Like, can you do this? Like, what's the scenario? You know that he wants to rise up to that, that occasion and that challenge, right? And some of the comments that he was even making, he, they were like, well, how are you going to deal with his tall, like how tall he is or the length? He goes, I'm tall. Like he's not worried about it. So like, I think that this is a really tough spot. And I think that this is a spot where 
it's a challenge for a guy like Robinson who has, I think, continually felt like a little disrespected for his what he actually brings to, on the defensive side of the ball. And that's why I like him to have like a really good game here. Additionally, I think that you could even play the Knicks minus nine. I, I know, like I said, the spread is significant, but I do like New York in this spot to to kind of complete a double digit win here. Um, and I really expect Robinson to have a big game. He's been one of the best offensive and defensive rebounders in the league this season, and he's got more offensive rebounds than some teams in their entirety on the season as well. So I I'm excited to see this game. I'm excited to watch Wemby um, and I'm excited to watch him not score 20 and a half points. So I'm going to go under on the 20 and a half points for Victor Wemba Yama. Um, <laughs> producer Corey cracking up in the background. Um, the next play that I wanted to talk about, and I wrote about this a little bit more because I covered the Celtics versus the, uh, Sixers game for the Action Network. And I am, you know, the game guide will be out there. You'll probably, you might read that before this. You might read that after this. I encourage you to consume it in either scenario. Um, one of the things that's been interesting, obviously, is that Boston is very thin now. And they don't have um, nearly the same amount of depth. And they have obviously one of the best, if not the best, I won't say it's the best because you have the Denver Nuggets, but they have one of the best offensive um, offensive starting lineups in the league. And their starting lineup has just been absolutely tremendous on the season. They're over a plus 30 in point differential, um, and they've been a dominant force to start the season. One of the things that's been very different for them is Drew Holiday. Uh, and Drew Holiday obviously came over in that trade, um, of, well, came over in a variety of different trades that ultimately ended up with Drew Holiday in Boston, Damian Lillard in Milwaukee, whatever. Drew has been used in a different way than he was ever used in Milwaukee. His usage is down by about 10% over the course of the season so far, and his assist numbers are way down. So that's part of why I wanted to go under the six and a half assists. The number is a little bit juicy, but it's still it's still just too high. Um, he's only gone over that game in one game where he's played alongside of Derek White. And Derek White, he I think it was because he had a kid. He had another kid, um, but he missed the past couple of games. He's listed as probable for tonight's game. I would expect him to play. Um, and it's not like he's going to have a minutes issue. Uh, he just was off, you know, for personal reasons, which is awesome for him and his family. Uh, so. Drew, his passing numbers are down. The potentials are down. The usage is down. I don't like him to get assists in this game against Philadelphia. I do like him to rebound the basketball, though. His line's at four and a half rebounds. He's gone over this game, over this line in all but one game this season, which was the opener against the New York Knicks, who, as we know, are a good rebounding basketball team. Um, he's leading the team in rebounding chances per game, which is shocking considering he is a guard here. Uh, and you have guys like Chris Porzingis, Jason Tatum, Hal Horford uh, on this team. And Drew Holiday still is leading the team in rebounding opportunities. So those are two plays that I'm on. Uh, I generally lean Philadelphia in this matchup. Um, I think that what Maxi and Embiid can do are pretty good in this in this matchup. Um, I don't think that Porzingis. Obviously, we know that Horford has been successful in defending Embiid previously, but he's a little bit older. Um, 
it's the regular season now. So I, I question like how much they're going to really try to throw Horford out there for max minutes. And Embiid has just looked incredible so far. Um, one play that I've been eyeing, and I know Brian Brute first the books is on, is Embiid over four and a half assists. Uh, that's a good number. He's been crushing this number. Um, I'm a little nervous because of some of the underlying potential assist data, uh, but I do like the play overall. I probably would play it for about a half a unit. Um, I think that it's just one of those spots where Embiid has been so good passing the basketball that I know that they're dropping it because of what essentially the postseason last year um, and the uh, and like what it, what it got, what had gone on in their history uh, between the with between Al Horford and Joel Embiid but I think that the four and a half is just a notch too low considering basically every other game we've seen five and a half assists as his line uh without James Harden obviously this is a tougher game I think both teams are very good it's going to be one of those games that you really are going to want to watch um and I think that we will be able to learn a couple things number one how Boston kind of is going to respond to adversity having lost that overtime game to Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves and our guy Rudy Gobert but I think that it's also an opportunity for um for Philadelphia to really step up and reassert themselves as another premier contender in the east and I think that that's part of what I was getting at, though. Like when you're looking at some of these some of these data points, and when I'm looking at dunks and threes, and I see that Philadelphia is basically just behind Boston, um, they're at plus four point four. Boston's at plus eight point seven in terms of adjusted net, and then Philly's a two point home dog. I think that that's just a little bit too far of an adjustment there. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the underlying data on Boston has been so, so good, um, but also a little bit skewed because of that beat down in Indiana. Um, and then Philadelphia, I think they're being downgraded because they don't have James Harden. But I think that overall the team has been has shown and has been uh, very good so far this season under like the helm of Tyrese Maxey and, um, and Joel Embiid. The next couple of plays that I'm looking at, though, I'm going to pivot to James Harden. He's been traded the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, played 31 minutes in the opener, had six assists on, I believe it was 11 potential assists. Might have been a, maybe, might have been a little bit more than that. Um, either way, led the team in potential assists. Uh, I think he had a pretty good game. I think there's there's going to be a little bit of me ball um, that goes on for the Clippers, uh, especially in transition. But I think that overall, what Harden can do for this offense is really kind of open it up. Uh, you could see him like open up looks for a variety of different players, whether it was even Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I think that his line at six and a half is still just too low for a guy that's going to play at least 30 minutes. Um, they He probably would have been able to get up to 35 had they not gotten their doors blown off at, in the fourth quarter by the Knicks. Um, and I think that the six and a half is still at least one assist maybe two assists too low um and obviously the more that these guys play together the more in tune with each other they're going to be and i just really like this matchup for him uh in this spot and even with the new team i just think that what he's able to provide with that skill set even against brooklyn is who's got a pretty good defense um, and they, like I said, they kind of can counter what the Clippers do pretty well. Um, I think that it's just, it's, he's going to be able to find open man, open guys, and potentially even have a lot of easy plays, maybe to Zubach, if they do decide to play big against a slightly undersized Brooklyn Nets team. 
Um, so that's one play that I'm looking at. Another play that I'm looking at is Kyrie Irving over six and a half assists. Part of why I like this is that um, Kyrie has actually had six assists or more in every game this season. His assist rate has actually skyrocketed to a degree this season. Um, He hasn't had an assist rate this high in a number of years. He's assisting on 32% of his passes. Uh, The last time he had an assist rate like this was in his first year in Brooklyn. He had a 33% assist rate. Um, and then he had a 33% assist rate when he had his second year in Boston. Um, but aside from that, he's not, he hasn't really been there since he was a rookie, um, in like his early years in Cleveland. So I, I think it's, this is all notable and he's obviously playing with some great finishers. He's playing with Luka Doncic. He's playing with Grant Williams, who was just absolutely shooting the lights out. And those are a couple spots that I think are critically important. Um, and I think that he's kind of developed as a passer, especially kind of trying to play this role as I don't want to call it like a second fiddle to Luka Doncic, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. And I, I really do like Kyrie Irving to go over the, the six and a half assists this season. Um, I think that it's a little bit too low, especially at a plus number in this matchup. The final play that I'm looking at is uh, actually Jonas Valanciunas over eight and a half rebounds against Uh, Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was a little surprised by this myself, but over the past couple of seasons, uh, he's actually been great against Rudy. Um, He has been averaging over double digit rebounds, averaging 11.1 rebounds in seven games versus Rudy Gobert uh, since 2001. He's had 10, 12, nine, six, 11, 12, and 18. Um, So, I think that Valanciunas is going to see plenty of minutes in this matchup uh, that is going to have multiple bigs for Minnesota. I think it's critically important that Valanciunas is on the floor, is on the floor, is on the court and the over eight and a half. I know that there's a little bit of juice on the eight and a half, but I think that we really should be seeing a nine and a half here. Um, And I don't hate a look at double double for him either. Um, Generally when he is, getting these rebounds, getting these double digit rebounds. He's also recording enough points to get the, to get you to that double, double level. Um, so that's kind of where I am with all of those plays. That's why I like them. It's a big Wednesday slate. I implore you to not spend your whole bankroll on a Wednesday. Uh, I know it's tempting because there are so many games and it's so like exciting to watch all these, but I would implore you to not do that. It's, it's a little bit too crazy. So um, with that, I'm going to turn to producer Corey. How you doing today, man? How are the devils doing? Are you, are you alive right now? Down two to one. We hate to hear it. We hate to hear it, but um, glad that you're alive with us. It's pretty bad. Yeah. How are you? uh, How are you doing, man? Besides, I can't complain too much. Um, I know that you're moving soon. Have you started to pack? Yeah. How does that feel? No. Better. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I gotta say all the things. Um, no, it's it's definitely it's definitely a daunting task. I just got rid of all my card cardboard for the most part today or yesterday or two days no three days ago. By the time I might just it. throw everything away and start over. Dude, it's it's a little bit better. Just throw away everything. Throw away your clothes. Just start from scratch. Yeah, fuck it. I'll just get new. How stuff. many times have you moved like one particular T-shirt around? Like, how many? You know, I've got shit that I've had since college. It's five or six times. Yeah, and just never wearing it again. But I carry it. 
Nah. The best is yep. the best is like when it's something you're like, oh, like that was like expensive. Like I paid a good amount of money for that. And like, let's say it just it doesn't fit anymore. And you're like, well, I might. Like you're not, it might. And like a lot of times I'm like, one day, I'm like, there's just no chance. Like I, I got rid of some suits. I was like, there's just no chance I'm going to wear like a fucking 42 jacket and again, again, ever. It's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. 46. That's not an adult size jacket. 42 anyway, is just yeah. like not for adults. It's just not happening. No. So Unless you have like it, it, an eating disorder. Yeah. There was a point where I was or a, a fake 40. job. I was a 40 at one point. That was crazy. Speaking of eating disorder, I had no biceps. I'll tell you that. A scrawny, scrawny kid. Oh, noodle arm Joe. Scrawny guy. He doesn't talk about those years off. No, often. we try to not bring those days up. It was a rough time for my for me, you know. Um Hey, good on you for even acknowledging they existed. Hey, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think that it's important to recognize where we came from sometimes. So it's uh it's been a long road, but good. here we are. What a what do we have for the people today for pods and recs? Well, daylight savings is upon us. It's getting dark. It's getting cold. Go outside and touch some grass while you still can. Ooh. I had a great Sunday because I didn't become a slave to the Giants. That was a good move. And I got like I woke up early, so I got I got a fix of watching like Kansas City and the Dolphins play, and at least it was entertaining for at least the first yeah. half. Um, yeah, go outside. It's that's beautiful. not bad. The foliage is popping. Dude, foliage right now. looks great, it's, yeah, dude. It's a good place. The foliage to be. looks great. Um, I am going to recommend something. These motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Devils are getting screwed uh, in Colorado. Are they right refs now. in hockey? Yeah, and they're about to put the Devils on a five-on-three. Uh, Jesus Christ, kill. that's a disaster. Because some asshole lost his balance. Like, grow up, Fuck dude. that guy. Take a hit. It's Fuck hockey. that guy. You got hit. Grow um, up. I am going to recommend a couple things. One, uh, do you like Tom Segura? Because his new stand-up is pretty good. Tom Segura's new stand-up is pretty good on Netflix. Pete Holmes' new stand-up on Netflix is also pretty good. Um, was a big fan of his HBO show that... What was the name of it? I forget. But um, you watch that, right? I think. Was it crashing? Crashing, yeah. Yeah. I like crashing. I thought, right. I thought it was pretty good. His wife cheats on him and he starts his comedy career in New yeah, York. Yeah, and it's like just loosely based on his actual life. <laughs> yeah, and like that was like I think the last time anyone saw Artie Lang in just ever. Sin- yeah, I don't think anyone's seen just him ever. since. <laughs> it's like right before the nose collapse. Yeah, and he Yeah, dipped. that was uh that was something. That's a, that's a rough one. Um, but no, that was good. Uh, so would recommend those comedy specials. I really do like comedy specials. I think they're a nice way to like just throw something on that's like uh, it's non-committal. Like you don't have to commit to a show for like uh, like a movie for two hours. And I feel like all movies now are like three hours. Um, you don't have to commit to a show for literally weeks. Oh, buddy. What? Did we commit? Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm dying to go see it. It's three and a half hours long. long. I can't find it in me to commit. Is Oppenheimer out yet? On like on, can I watch that yet? Because I didn't watch it in theaters. Oh, I don't know. Probably. That was good. I do want to watch that. Um, Wasn't three and a half hours though. Three three and a half half hours hours is is long. 
what was the last three and a half hour movie that I watched? Was a Batman movie that long? It might have been. Dude, you could. Oh yeah, the uh, the director's cut, the Snyder yeah. cut. I think that was that long. Um, you could read like half of the book that the movie is based on in three and a half hours <laughs> for Killers of the Flower Moon. That's that's when Pretty you know nuts. it's bad. Um, yeah, I'm thinking they probably could have trimmed. And that's a bit. like by the time you actually watch the previews and anything else, like you're going to be the movies for minimum four hours. Oh, that's yeah. just a lot. That's a lot. You need multiple. Snacks. You're going to need to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. without a doubt. At least once. Yeah. I would definitely hit that website up, you know, whatever oh, that yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, should, when when should go? I pee or whatever when you go? Yeah. That's a great, what a great idea for that. Um, too bad. People just don't yeah. go to the movies as much anymore, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to recommend those those uh comedy specials and then i recently so like i like to buy um i like coke zero a lot and i am gonna recommend brother i'm gonna recommend digital coupons um like when you go into Shoprite to go buy them right i normally buy the 12 packs because i think 12 pack cans i think something about a can something about the cold can is elite absolutely elite it I agree. It just tastes the plastic doesn't retain that that crisp. Yeah, it tastes so much better. Flavor. It tastes so much better. Um, so I like the can, but then sometimes they have the digital coupon, and then you can get like it's basically like one for free. But you know what they had this weekend? They had twenty four packs for eight ninety nine, and I was Ooh, I was I like the big dog. I was flabbergasted. At twenty four, because it's normally like a, the twelve pack. If you just raw dog it and don't get a deal, it's like nine ninety nine. Oh, fuck. So twenty four pack. Sorry, never this is such a good deal. No, I know. Like <sighs> never thought to look for it, but it's a great deal, and uh, it's it's really just a good way to get your coke fix. So can't can't recommend it enough. Um, but speaking of getting your fix. I'm sorry. I just almost witnessed an attempted murder on the ice. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This is going to end up. People are going to the hospital tonight in Colorado. <laughs> Look out, Denver ER. Yeah. You're going to be busy. You're at least, they're at least a mile closer to heaven. Anyway, tell me is. more about saving money on Coke Zero. <laughs> so, True. I would say if you guys are saving money on Coke Zero, you know what you guys need to also save your money on and actually make enough money to then go buy some Coke Zero? You need to bet on player props and specifically mine and you need to use promo code delera 25 at props.cash to get 25% off your first month so that way you can go make the best player prop bets in the market beat the market beat the books get yourself some cans of coke zero and cash that let's cash that with a coke zero some props.cash a little bit of tom segura and what did you even recommend anymore? Like, oh, going outside. Yeah, like drink that Coke Zero outside on the grass and maybe set up a TV outside so you can watch your bets win. And let's cash that. <laughs>